do? What do you do when you got two guys in the studio? One from Massachusetts, one from Boston, wait, one from New York. You sit them in a room, and this is what you get. It's another episode of WTBR Sports to another episode edition of WTBR Sports Talk, 89.7 FM, Robbie Zucker, and on the other side of the glass there, Mr. Sean Cronin, and boy, what a crazy time in the National Football League. How was your weekend, sir? Mine was good. I went to a great party last night, uh, my buddy's 60th birthday party, got to play with amazing musicians, and the great Stevie Ide last night, who I'd never played with. I didn't even know it was him, I never knew what he looked like. And he always played with Arlo and a million other people. It was, it was fantastic playing with these guys. So, Well, I saw the Patriots actually finally win a game against a reasonably decent team. Yeah, against my three, Chargers. Their yeah. three, other, the three other wins were two against the Jets and one against the Texans. So it was nice right. to see them actually beat a halfway decent team on the road. That, yeah, well, the, I'm, you know, the Chargers are my other team. and uh, I yeah. know you want to get to your Giants, well, though, so yeah. go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> well, brother. Herbert, go ahead, man. Herbert. I mean, if those two interceptions, we'll talk about that later. Okay. I'm sorry. You know what? Patrick Graham puts a good defensive plan together last night, and the Giants stink in every way possible. Let's face it. These guys stink, all right? From the general manager to the coach to the offensive coordinator to Daniel Jones and the rest of this team, Sterling Shepard, do you think he can run a four-yard pattern instead of a three-yard pattern? Jason Garrett, do you think he can actually establish a running game since they ran the ball fairly well last night? Do you think he can throw more of a five-yard pass? I am sick and I am tired of watching these five-yard, three-yard passes and watching the Giants come up short on third and one, third and three, third and four. They scored 17 points against the, the most nauseating defense in the league and a defense that has been the worst in the National Football League on third down efficiency in terms of their defense. The Giants were 4 for 12 last night. It is inexcusable. I am not sold that Daniel Jones is a quarterback that can win a big game in the playoffs or even get your team to the playoffs, okay? I am not satisfied with Dave Gettleman in his four years of a tenure at general manager, he has been god-awful. Their offensive line is terrible. Their defensive line can't get to the quarterback, although once in a while they do. Their secondary last night, 
Okay, they played really well. I mean, Bradbury and, and the mistakes and the stupid penalties. The ta- first of all, taunting. We can talk about it. that's ridiculous. It's okay to taunt a guy on the sidelines. Okay, it's not right, but it's okay for twelve guys to celebrate a touchdown, look into the camera, and have a selfie, you know, in there and uh, and dance around in the end zone. I guess I guess that's not considered taunting, Sean. But this team is so bad. They're two and six. And Judge last night goes, well, you know. And I don't know if I, I, I thought he quoted this, but I don't know. He said, well, you know, a couple of breaks, we could have been six and two. Come on, that's BS. That's not true. This is a bad football team. They stink, okay? They stink. I'm sick and tired of the excuses. I'm tired of the dumb penalties. I'm tired of the lousy offensive line. And at the end of the game, when the Giants have the ball, the clock management is so bad, he, he uses. I mean, timeouts during the game where it's a defensive timeout and blames the headsets for the problem of the timeouts. I mean, the, I, the, chief, the Chiefs were begging the Giants to win that oh game my God, last they night. Give the game I away. mean, the first drive of the game, Patty Mahomes drives all the way down to the goal line, throws a pick, and then the, the Giants get the ball back to hand it off, four yard run. And then what does Daniel Jones do? He puts on his blinders and all of a sudden thinks that Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, slot corner is their wide receiver, and he throws it right to him. Not even within five yards close to the guy. I was watching it on the Manning cast, which, by the way, if you haven't watched it, is fantastic. Okay. On ESPN2, you got ah. Eli and Peyton, and Eli okay. just, like, and then they had John Stewart come on, who's a big Giants fan, and they show him the second he comes on, he's just got his face in his palm, and he's just he's going, what am I watching? What is going on here? And Eli had to be really careful because he's a lifetime Giant fan. Or, I mean, Giant fan, I'm sorry, Giant player. But yeah, right. that just was an awful display of, of football when the, when the supposed best team, the, the, the proverbial pick for the Super Bowl, tries to hand you a game. Patty Mahomes was terrible, which the Chiefs need to be worried about. And you can only score 17 points against that defense. That defense is terrible. That was just a pathetic display of football last night. How about them Giants, and how about that Jason the Clapper Garrett? Yay, Garrett. I mean, you got some guys. You got Tony, and you you got some guys that have some athletic ability. John Ross down the field. One play, 53 yards down the field with John Ross. That's it. I mean, the whole night is these five-yard dinkers and these four-yard dinkers. I mean, I'm sick of it. I Did Kenny, Kenny Galladay even exist last he night? Doesn't, he doesn't even exist. I mean, the yeah. guy, yeah, the guy doesn't exist at all. He, he's got a knee problem, an ankle problem. Thank you, Dave Gettleman, for going out and signing a bunch of guys, despite signing a guy who was injured to begin with and then injured again during the preseason. I mean, it's so frustrating watching this team because – it's the little things that they don't do correctly, whether it's dumb penalties. You know, first of all, I just want to say about the officiating in the National Football League, it stinks. Okay, it's terrible. I mean, first of all, you know that's not a, a that's not a face mask penalty on Crowder last night. Okay, and again though, now I think personally, I think Mahomes knew that the guy jumped off sides when he threw that interception. But even if he didn't, what are you jumping off sides for? Off. Holmes makes a great interception, makes a great play on the ball, and here it comes back again. And I'm sick and tired of Joe Judge and his press conferences. Well, we did some positive things. Yeah, you did. You put a good defensive play, a plan together. I mean, I mean, you know, Pat puts together a good defensive, uh, you know, plan last night. You held the offensive team that usually what amounts itself to over 400 yards usually a game. I think they average like 400 yards per game, and they were like at 368 I think last night. But you know. Through the third quarter, they were like two. They were less than three. And they, so they did a good job. You held the team to 20 points. I just want to just bring and up. And you scored the, 17. You had 11 trips down, the, 11 possessions. You scored three times. I just want to talk about the officiating for a half a second. Yeah, yeah. During, during the Patriots game, the, the first six flags that were thrown, 
all the officials got together. And I think on two of them, they were like, there was no penalty for pass interference on this play. It's like they, it's like they just, it's flag football. They just, <laughs> they, you know, they like to play flag football. And it's, it, you know, these guys are, they're dentists and lawyers. And, you know, there needs, if you want to make the officiating better in the NFL, you got to make these guys full-time Full-time employees and send them to officiating school. Let them know the playbooks. Let them know what the penalties are because it's so terrible. It is just awful. It, it, It was awful last night. It was awful during the Pats game. It's just terrible, terrible, terrible. And, I mean, yeah. and you get now you got Ed Hockley's kid is the main ref now, and he's even worse than his father was. And you know what the thing is? Is I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Right, right. Is that they're paying these guys like Gene Steratore, you know, and, <laughs> it, 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 who's Gene Steratore. I, I thought he was one of the best officials in the NFL, but yep. you know, CBS is paying him more now to be an in-studio analyst of terrible officiating than the NFL would pay him to be on the field. So they don't pay these guys anything. So it's it's bad, just like the officiating That's in, right. in Major League Baseball. Exactly. It's terrible, too. 413-445-4234. Number to call, 413-445-4234. Want to hear from Giant fans. Want to hear from Jet fans. Mike White! The Mike White era is starting. Jet fans are going bananas. You know what? Actually, if you take a look at it, and I heard I heard Boomer say this morning uh, when I was listening to his program, they actually, the Jets obviously have a better season than the Giants. Look at the Jets beat. Look at the Giants beat. All right, the Giants beat New Orleans, but I mean, they beat a lousy Carolina team, but the Jets beat the Bengals and the Titans too. So, I mean, and the injuries are crazy, by the way. Now, you just mentioned Derrick Henry is out. There's a lot of guys that are great players that are going out with injuries. Now, Der- that's Der- not an excuse. The Giants make excuses. Oh, their injuries and this thing and that thing. I mean, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. It was it was the week of the backup quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, right. And it's Jameis Winston got knocked out. Yeah, and and, uh, so the uh, uh, Titans just signed the uh, ageless Adrian Peterson. I know he's still playing. You know, it's it's amazing. He's like forty five now. I think he's like fifty eight. I think Something no, I think like he's like thirty six. But I mean, it's amazing that guy's still in peak physical shape and. It's it's been a it's been a crazy crazy week in the NFL so far. How'd you like Tom Brady losing? That was kind of fun. That was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing is last year they had health on their side, and this year they've had injuries. I mean, Antonio Brown didn't play. Gronk was out. Gronk's back to his peak physical right. shape that he was with the Patriots, where he'd miss eight games a year. You know, so he always come back though for the big games, though. If you notice that, so. he would. Yep. He would. Yep. But I think I think the uh, the Bucks are not. Uh, the team, I, I don't think they're the team to beat. I think the Rams getting Von Miller, that's huge. I mean, the Rams needed a pass rusher. I mean, Matt Stafford has proved to be solid, and I think that's the team to beat in the NFC. I think it's the Rams versus the field, and I think Green Bay has a has a you know a, a shot to be in that conversation too because yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going on the uh, you know screw you Green Bay Packers screw you uh, you know GM for a. Dr- Trading up in the draft to draft my replacement, and I won the MVP last year, and I'm still going strong. I think he's going on the middle finger tour, and uh, I hope it's okay to say that on the radio, but uh, he is. He's it's just okay. it's Brian okay. Gunnikist is the name of the uh, GM there, and I think I think Aaron Rodgers on a mission. They lost the first game, they got blown out, and they've won seven straight since, and they've looked dominant. So that's going to be interesting to see there too. I mean, I am just dumbfounded at the fact that the Giants were 4 for 12 against a team and had the worst third down defense in the National Football League. I, I just, it blows my mind. That team begs you to <sighs> begs you to score on them. That's their Kansas City defense begs you, score on me, please. And, and Patty Mahomes throws, what, two picks last night? And he's like, please, score. 
You know, there. Mm, that was awful. Yeah, and today, okay, today's the trading deadline. If you're the Giants, who are you getting rid of? I mean, I, I, if they can get, I don't care what they get for Evan Ingram. I want him gone. Evan Ingram kills me. He, you know, he catches the ball, and as soon as the DB hits him, bang, he's down. Like, this guy had to sit down and watch films of, like, Kellen Winslow. You can go back to John Mackey, Mike Ditka. I mean, you can go back to all the great tight ends that I ever watched, you know, in this, in the, uh, you know, on the playing field. And this guy just stinks. I have had it. He can't block anybody. By the way, that was a Jerry Reese pick. So you can't blame Gettleman for, uh, for Evan Ingram. And you can't blame, uh, you know, uh, Gettleman for Will Hernandez, who, by the way, takes a holding penalty or an offside penalty every game. And Nate Solder, by the way, takes a holding penalty every game. I mean, I can't take it anymore. I was just going to say, trade Dave Gettleman. Nate Solar and Joe Judge for a bag of footballs and a set of shoulder pads. Seriously, because those guys are awful. Maybe throw in a, maybe a, a used helmet or two, you know? I got to go back to Mike White, right? 37 to 45 for 405 yards. Who the heck is this guy? Was he from West? He went to West Texas State. I can't remember what the hell, what place he went to. But I mean, this guy, all of a sudden, it's like, here comes Mike Wayne on a shining white horse, you know? And the Jets play the Bengals. I think the Bengals just took them lightly. You know, the Bengals come off that big win, you know, in Baltimore. They really made the Ravens look terrible. And then I think they took the Jets lightly. I really did. I, you know, you got to play everybody the same way, and you got to play intense. And I thought the Bengals' defense was horrible. Absolutely dreadful. I think the Jets are moving in the right direction. They got a good coach, Sala. You know who the San Francisco 49ers players were really upset to lose. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I think Wilson's got. You know, he's obviously now he's hurt. Well, Lafleur called a really good game. He finally got a little bit of create creativity inside of him there on uh, on Sunday. And uh, right. You know the what? Pa- the good, Patriot- for the, good for the Jets. The good Patriots the Jets. crushed them a week ago, but you know. Yeah, but good for the Jets. You know what? They a little bit of excitement there. Yeah, a little bit of excitement. So. Anyway, somebody's calling. We'll take a call in a couple minutes there. Uh, well, maybe we'll take a call now. <laughs> I get, I have a feeling it's somebody you know, possibly. So, anyway, let's take a phone call, and uh, we'll see what's going on here. All right, good morning on WTBR Sports Talk. Who are we talking to? Hey, my name is Jim. How are you doing? Hey, what's going on, Jim? Thanks for calling. What you want to talk about? Uh, see, y'all were talking about the officiating before. I want to talk about that in another couple Absolutely. Of Go ahead, man. Like, Zach Wilson got crushed by that dirty hit by that Lawrence guy uh, right in front of an official. Uh, it's illegal to go low on a quarterback. Um, when, you know, he was throwing the ball, he was in the action of throwing the ball, and no penalty was called. And, you know, that 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 play knocked him out of the game, not the, the next one where he got sacked. You know, he got hammered on that play by Lawrence guy, and, See, the Jets players should have taken Lawrence Guy out of that game by any means necessary. They didn't show any effort in that game against New England. They got their butts handed to them. But, you know, obviously, um, you know, they they didn't show any effort, any pride. Uh, And Belichick, if he hangs around, he doesn't chicken out and run away when he's got a crappy team. He's going to pay for running these scores up on these teams. And Especially I hope the I Jets, see him right? Whine. I hope I see him whine like the little girl that he is, the <laughs> cheater that he is. Uh, this guy's obviously a Jet Brady, fan. Him and Brady both are cheaters, and they're talking about the greatest player and the greatest coach of all time. How can a cheater be the greatest coach or the greatest player of all time? I don't understand that. Or do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to elaborate on the cheating part? Well, the the tape thing with the Jets that they caught him with, uh, the footballs, the thing with Cleveland that they got caught in their press box uh, filming 
uh, the Cleveland sideline. That's you know, they've been caught three that, times that, that, so that, far that, that we know that, about. That Cleveland incident was part of a special that they were filming for uh, Showtime Sports. Okay, yeah, it was special, <laughs> all right. It was special. It was the Patriots, so they got away with it. You know, like, you know, I don't understand all these sports talk shows call these two the greatest of all time, you know, Pete Rhodes is banned when, from baseball. When, when have we called them the so, two greatest of all time? I don't think we've oh, said. I don't think I'm we've said those the, words. The sports. I'm saying the sports talk shows on TV. I'm not. Oh yeah, that's well. That's because you. that's because he's won the most championships. He's been in ten championships and yeah, won well, seven. So basically, you know, you know, his results are basically the, you know that's what they're going to talk about. Yeah. They're going to talk about the results. Great. Know? That's so. great for him. If he did it by cheating, then he's not anything. You know, cheaters in sports don't. To he seems to win though all the time. He seems to win at 44 years old. He's still the best quarterback in the yeah, NFL. How's, how's, how's he cheating now? How's he cheating good now? But hey, you, you don't know. You don't know if he's cheating or if he isn't. Mm, you don't know you if know, he was cheating in New England or not either. When he was with, you don't know if he was cheating when he was with the Patriots until he got caught three times. That's what I mean. And you're making you know? accusations. And how do you know that they're true yeah. accusations? You got to back it up. Uh, how do I know that they're true accusations? He got. He got. Uh, uh, suspended four games. Is a deflated ball really going to keep him from winning a championship, though? I mean, honestly. Thing. Is a deflated huh? ball going to really keep him from winning a championship? I mean, really, is, the, is that yeah, the big well, reason how why about, how, how about Minnesota Vikings when they were putting balls on the microwaves on the sideline? I mean, how about the Atlanta Falcons pumping fake crowd noise in? He's cheating. Did Pete Rose betting on games keep him from winning? Cheating doesn't make a team. You know, it's whether yeah. you want to call it cheating or not. There's other teams that have done similar things and they're terrible. So Brady, Brady <laughs> well, is the best quarterback the to ever played a game. The only ones that got caught, yo, and they got—they're the only ones that have had picks taken away and had their starting quarterback suspended for four there, games. There's a website on a million dollars. There's a website on the NFL uh, on the uh, on the internet that shows the teams that have cheated the most of all time and the Denver Broncos yeah, are on top. Okay. So Yeah, it sounds okay, like well, you sound, you're you're a Jet fan, right? You're they, a Jet fan, they right? Had six taken away and if their quarterback was suspended. Jim, you're a Jet you fan, know? right? They still won right, six championships exactly. in 20 years, so I, I, we'll I, go with that. How's that? Well, I'm a Giant fan, yeah, so at least great. I can sit right. You know, I don't, you know, that's, that's irrelevant to what I'm talking about. So wait, so you let know, me ask you this as a Jet fan. So you want Mike White to be your quarterback, or you want Zach no. Wilson to be your quarterback? No, the day he didn't get caught by, like, three other teams, well, including the Jets before this, uh, because he's a, you know, a, a hidden gem. He had a good game. He's a professional quarterback. He's supposed to have a good game. You know, the Jets are a professional team. They're supposed to win. They are? I don't get. Yeah, well, Duke, you know. Could have fooled me. They're on their bench. Could, uh, you know, you carry his socks into the stadium. So don't, you know, say they are. Okay, so let me ask you, you, know? well, let me ask you this real quick before I let you go. Um, so now Mike White throws for 405 yards, correct? So, okay. So now if Zach Wilson comes back and Mike White continues to play well, what do you do? I think Zach should sit for the rest of the year and learn. From who? Mike White? He's a rookie. That's how it used to be done. Now they throw these kids in. Mike White's not a veteran. They they got Flacco. Flacco's the guy who's playing third string, but now he's behind Mike White. I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, because Zach's hurt. His knee is like, you know, he tore something in his knee or he sprained sprained his knee. Right, right. But you're probably looking at Joe Flacco starting next week. How do you feel about that? No, Mike White's going to start. Is he going to start? Is he? Oh, it's Thursday <laughs> night. That's right. Joe that's Flacco's, right. I don't think Joe Flacco's going to start for anybody. Uh, 
I think White will start. Of course he'll I mean, start after know. coming off of 405 yards, absolutely. But my question yeah, to you is... of course is, he will. What? I stand corrected you on know, that. You guys are right. but, yeah, but. <laughs> he, followed, he followed the game plan that the coaches had, a, you know, a brilliant game plan, and they surprised the heck out of Cincinnati. You are know, you happy? Are you happy with Joe Douglas as a general manager so far for what he's done? Are yeah, you happy with it? Yeah, he's building. He's trying to build the offensive line. He got Vera Tucker, and he's got uh, uh, Beckton. He's, he's hurt, yeah. hurt all for right. most of the year. Uh, so he's going in the right direction. He's got Fant and uh, you know a couple other good guys. You know, Fant has let up like only one sack all year at left left tackle, replacing Beckton. I think He's you guys let up the least. I think you guys started off in the right direction with Robert Sala as your head coach. I think that's a good yeah, start. Yeah, Sala's, you know, he's all like they say. He looks like the guy from the Mr. Clean break, Bottle. You know? You know, he, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> you know, he's got Mr. Sala, Mr. Sala. Without the earrings. No, we said that, I said I said that Robert Sala looks like he'll cover a bottle, a bottle of Mr. Clean except without the earrings. So, yeah. hey Jim, thanks for the call, man. Seriously, thanks for the call, bro. All right, yeah, we'll talk to you right. soon. Okay, you got it. All right, that's Jim checking in right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Bitter, well, bitter Jets fan. Yeah, really. I mean, gosh almighty. I mean, that's man, that's like me screaming about the Giants and stuff. At least I got four Super Bowls and five Super Bowl appearance, appearances, so I can't be that. Say that word again real fast. I wonder how many years that the uh, Patriots uh, were playing with deflated footballs, you know, and Aaron Rodgers actually came out for Tom Brady's defense because he said he likes the balls overinflated. Nobody hates Tom Brady more than I do, okay? Nobody can't stand the guy more than I well, can. I think, this, this, I think he's a really nice guy. And what I he think did this cat the, that just called him might hate him a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what he did for this kid on the sideline the other day, giving him, you know, signing whatever he did, his hat and everything, giving him a hat. Bitcoin. That was really still, nice. Yeah. yeah, it was really nice. I mean, it was a nice moment, you know. How did Evans not know that was his 600th touchdown catch? I mean, it was on <laughs> TV all... I know we talked about this when I called you last week. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, home yeah. with my dad. Right, right. How, how did Evans not know that was number 600? And he just, and then when the coach came over and shows him, Evans got this look at his face like, how did I not know that? It's, I wonder if he was like mad that, you know, maybe that was a sign of like, hey, Tom, you know, <laughs> throw me the ball a little more, bro. Come on. You know, I, th- I, think I think he that got was... caught up in the moment. I think that's what happened. Yeah. But then and... no was at 600. They got caught up in the moment anyway, so. Yeah. But they did a good thing for that kid. I mean, they, they had him on uh, the news, you know, the other day. And, I mean, they gave the kid uh, Mike Evans signed cleats. Two Mike Evans signed jerseys, a Tom Brady signed jersey, a signed helmet, $1,000 to the pro shop, and then Brady goes on with that Manning cast last week. And the kids said the coolest thing that came out of this whole thing is Tom Brady said my name on national television. There you go, right? He, he goes, and he gave me a Bitcoin, which, you know, that that's, you know, but he was just so humbled by the fact that Brady came out and said his name on the, on the, on the Manning cast, which I thought that was really cool. That was imagine having your name set on on national television by the greatest quarterback of all time. Sorry, buddy, that just called in here, but uh, that's just, I'm not going to ever change my opinion on that. But I had an argument with my friend down in Florida, my buddy Gerard. I hope he calls in. We talked about Tom Brady, and I was doing everything I could do to play devil's advocate with him, and it was so funny because after I said to him, I said, "Dude, I'm just like you know, just trying to like you know, plays devil's advocate for the hell of it." But basically, I said, "Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's if I had to take a guy, you know, one guy to drive me down the field at the end of a game, it's T- it's Tom Brady." So anyway, we're just gonna take uh, time out, and we'll be back uh, with a little more stuff. We got to talk basketball, and I want to talk about my Rangers, who are they're six one and one in their last eight games. They haven't played well, but they've actually won. Some 
awesome game, so uh, it's a work in progress for the Rangers. But anyway, we'll, we got, uh, we got to talk a little World Series, too. Abs- oh, yeah, we will. Absolutely. Charlie Morton pitching on a oh, broken yeah. leg oh, there, yeah. so we I got will, stuff yeah, to talk I about. T- I will definitely talk about baseball, no doubt about it. So, yeah, we'll be back right after this mess. Hi. Welcome to the future. The future begins in 10, 9, 8. Eight. Oh, wait a minute. Eight. What? Again? Eight. Dude, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Three, two, one. WTBR. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep press with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. Sean and Robbie, it's our usual slot here on Tuesday mornings. And, uh, well, we were talking a little bit about, uh, obviously, the National Football League and a Jet caller in there. I can't blame the Jet fans for being just completely nauseated. But let's face it, you know what? A little positive uh, signs there with Mike White. Um, from I think Western Kentucky, is that where he's from? I'm trying to remember the damn college, but uh, drafted in the fifth round. And you know what? The guy played him. <laughs> the guy was amazing. Well, look, you know what I just thought about, right, is who took out Drew Bledsoe, the Jets well, player, right? And a sixth-round pick, 199th overall, became the best quarterback of all time against right. our Jets fan that just called him. But what if Mike White just becomes this out of nowhere I mean, he threw for the most yards a Jets starting quarterback has thrown for since Vinny, what did you call him, test my patience? Vinny, Vinny test my patience. Yeah, did Vinny test averted, yeah. So w- what if something good happens out of this? And the caller was right. I mean, he did, Zach Wilson did get taken out right in front of a ref, and they didn't throw a flag. I mean, they, and that's just, I mean, they throw flags on things they can't see, and they, and they don't throw flags on How things bad. that are blatantly right in front of them. It's just terrible. So he was right. The caller was 100% right. How James, right? Was it James? 
James was his name? Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, how, Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How bad is the officiating, though, in the NFL? I mean, you get to a point where you get so frustrated with, I mean, last night in the, in the Giant game, flag after flag after flag. I mean, it's ridiculous. Defensive backs don't have any right to even come close to a receiver now. But it's like every five seconds there's another flag thrown. And the thing that bothers me so much is the replays. Look, can we just get rid of replay? This is what you do, okay? And, and Joey used to talk about this all the time. Joe Beningo used to talk about this all the time on his program because I, I get it from Joe. And, and it is basically... What's that? <laughs> I think that's your new phone going off. Is that my new phone Still trying off? to tutorialize yourself on that thing. Goodness gracious, yeah. Re- replay in every sport needs yeah, to go. I it's mean, annoying in football. It's annoying in baseball. It's just, it just got, it's got to go. How? What happened to the human element? Pretty soon we're going to have computer uh, robots, robots for, that are reffing games. Exactly. They already tried it once with, what was it, Quest Tech in baseball, where they were they were judging the home plate umpire, remember that? And that right, right. trail, you know, proved to be really terrible. So it, the replay thing, it's, it's I'm not a fan of replay. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Unless it benefits my, my football team. That's well, the, just a little bit of sarcasm well, the, the there, quest, but. Yeah, the, the question was, uh, oh, this is the deal. Have Just have challenges. Give your coach four challenges per game and get rid of replay. Just get rid of it. In other words, just, you know, if there's a play and it looks controversial, instead of having the referees, you know, go and gather around and put on a headset and look through that thing that looks like a giant 1950s Borscht belt, you know, well, if you have if you pictures of my grandparents back in the Neville back in 1950, okay? Well, if you, give them four, if you give them four challenges a game, what do they do? They huddle together and the one guy says, I didn't see it that way because, you, you know, four challenges a game. How would you go about that, Rob? You know, I mean, you, it's... You know, two you per half, and that's it. Two per half. You actually know you can use as many challenges as you want to. Four challenges, though, that's it. If you want to use three in the first half and one, that's it. Because it makes the game move faster. It's ridiculous. But how do you how do you have the refs go about the challenge? Is what I'm saying. How do you how do you challenge? That's like almost like replay. Well, I mean, no, do you, do you, you get rid of you get rid of the, the the booth like you said, where they go under the hood and yeah, and get, get rid, rid of, of that. It. Just and get you have rid the guys huddled together and. Get rid of it. If you want to, okay. If you want to use replay for for touchdowns, that's fine. But for every little thing, it's ridiculous. The only, it's the only, ridiculous. The only good thing I'll say about the replay in the NFL is the refs actually come out and explain what they saw. In baseball, these guys get together, they put on a headset, and then afterwards, the 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 the, the head of the thing will come out and he'll, he'll wave safe or he'll he'll, he'll right, put right. It, he'll pull it out and and you're sitting there going. Well, what the heck did they see? How you know they should at least explain it. Good, that's a great point. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, there is no explanation. At least in hockey, there's an explanation, obviously, and there obviously is an explanation. Even in basketball, they get close enough to the, um, you know, to the broadcasters to see what's going on. So yeah, I agree with that. They could do that. They can interpret it and then explain exactly what's going on in the game. I, I, I wish baseball would do that because half the time I go, how did they see that like that? Because I didn't see it that way. Right. The so guy was t- safe yeah. by a foot and you call them out like well where did you see that happen so that's all so let's talk about the world series game six sean i am so sick of baseball like it's unwatchable to me i watched part of it the other night after it was like first it was four nothing and i turned it on I'm like wow the braves are four nothing then it was four two then suddenly the astros you know got a bunch of runs together and i hate the astros yeah me too well, who doesn't i mean the only people that like the astros are their fans i mean and they're obnoxious fans, too. Exactly. But you know what kills me is the is just 
I don't know who's starting half the time. And like, I know Max Fried's starting tonight, okay? But the rest of this team, it's like, you never know who the starting pitcher is. I mean, you can't name five starters on any team. It's amazing. It just, it drives me bananas. So we'll talk about that. We got a phone call uh, right here on WTBR. So let's go to our next caller right here. Hello, you're on WTBR Sports Talk. Oh, somebody hung up. It frustrated. So. It really frustrated the hell out of me the other night when uh, was it Ian Anderson? Is that yeah. his name? Yeah. Five no hit innings. He does not play the flute. There's no relationship. No, there. no Jethro Tull relationship <laughs> no Jethro Tull. there. But he five shutout. Five not, oh, not just shutout. Five no hit innings and oh yanked gone. It's it's the analytics. Your favorite word. My favorite word. My favorite term. Analytics. It's ruining baseball. It's ruining it for me. I want to see a guy who's going to take somebody out here. Let's try our call again. I want to see somebody who's going to try to pitch a no hitter. It's ridiculous. WTBR, you're on the air. Robbie, Sean, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Ralph? Ralph? How's it going? What's up, bro? God, doing great. Doing great. You know, you went down that rabbit hole of uh, the officiating mechanically done, and they're so far down that hole that they're never coming back. The human element, if you bring up the human element to the normal or the ordinary, not like you guys, the uh, talk show host. <laughs> we're definitely not ordinary, course, that's for sure. Know, yeah, we're the not talk show host, they're going to tell you, they're going to say, hey, we want the call to be right. But what, at what cost, I ask? Because when you're talking about getting every call right, it's not... You know, this isn't the, the end game that I'm, I'm looking for. I'm looking for an end game that has uh, some kind of uh, movement to it. Every instant replay takes forever, and they talk about quickening these games, and they're doing nothing but slowing it down. Re- it's really a, a bad trend, but it's, it's, um, it's a road that they can't go back on because they're, they're firmly ensconced in this thing. And I think the players like it, too. So you know the they next do. the next collective bargaining agreement. There, there's no way that's ever going to disappear. So you're right. That's it's going to be a part of the NFL for forever. It's it's terrible. They, I hate it. They've been using a pitch clock. I think in in college uh, baseball or minor leagues was it in college. I think they've been using a 15 second pitch clock. Minor leagues, which would really really speeding up the game a lot more. Because I tell you, get the, Ralph, get the guy in the batter's box, Robbie. Right. Get the guy to uh, stop stepping out, pulling on his whatever <laughs> he's my pulling car, on, bro. and just get. Yeah, just get him the human rain delay. Get him in the batter's box and hit the baseball for Christ's sake. And, and you know, as far as the pitchers, as far as the pitchers go, all the great ones—they all tell you the same thing: get the ball and throw the ball. That's it. That's what that's what I love about watching Chris Sale pitch. He gets the ball. He never shakes off the catcher. He gets the ball, gets back on the mound, throws the ball. Was it Steve Traxel? He was like the pitching version of the human rain delay. Oh, Maybe oh my God. He used to take like 30 seconds per pitch. I think it was Steve Traxel was the guy. I mean, it's you know, ridiculous. And, the, 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 and we were just talking about that, Sean. I Sorry, Sean. What did you want to say? No, I was going to say Jonathan Papelbon, when he used to pitch for the Red Sox, he actually got fined once for taking too much time between pitches. Yes, and you're doing the Papelbon face, but the mouth <laughs> is like a big circle, a yeah, small circle. But he actually got fined for taking too long between every pitch. He was like 45 seconds per pitch. Josh Beckett, when he pitched for the Red Sox, took way too much time. Get the ball, throw the ball, move it along. Don't get, if you're don't, looking for yeah. that young guy to, uh, to love his baseball, you're not going to get it for the most part. They have too many distractions, Sean. And, you know, you're a young guy. You're the exception to the rule. But I'm talking about people even younger than you are. You know, the 20-year-old it's not going to be drawn to baseball unless he grows up in a baseball family. 
That's very true. I went to my first game when I was two years old. It was at Fenway against the Orioles. And then I remember growing up in North Carolina with my, I was living with my mother at the time. I now live with my father. But uh, I was watching, I always wanted to watch Baseball Tonight when it came on ESPN, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then I loved the days of Joe Miller and John Morgan, right? Those are the... Did I get that right? Yeah, John, John, John Miller, Miller or Joe Morgan. You, you listen, yeah. to, you listen to the San Francisco Giants. You listen to John Miller all the time. John though. Miller's great. It, but just, I, I grew up from a very, very, very young age as a baseball fan, and I've always loved it. But I'm agreeing with Rob. It's getting very hard to watch. Very hard to watch. And by the, and by the way, Sean, all the best to your father. I do hope for a speedy recovery. I really do. You know, and when you were talking about cheating uh, in sports, you know, if I had, I, Robbie, I agree with you wholeheartedly. If I have one guy to take me down the field, you know, you give me Montana, I'll take him too. But I'll right. take uh, Tom Tom Brady every day and uh, twice on Sunday. The guy, the guy's phenomenal in the crunch. He, he's incredible. There's nobody like him. There's really not. I mean, he just stands there and makes the right decision every time. Like I'm watching the game the other day. I'm turning on, going, "It's third and five. That's okay. He'll throw a touchdown pass right now. Bang! Right in the end zone." I mean, he stands back after every snap and just you know has a cup of coffee and uh, reads the newspaper and then goes, "Oh, that guy's open." Boom. But I'll give the Saints a lot of credit. I'll give the Saints a lot of credit, though. Uh, they played a really good game against him the other day, and they were able to get to him. And the thing is that when the Giants won the Super Bowl against him, they were able to get pressure up the middle. That's how you have to get to him. You have to pressure him up the middle because once you get in his face, he's not super mobile. And that's so what they did. To... That's what they did to him the whole game on Sunday. They got to him. Yeah, he, exactly. he hates. He hates being hit. Hates. And, and can DBs do me a favor? Can you look back for the ball? I mean, what is with DBs today? They go back and they go down the field and then they don't even look back for the ball. Like LaShawn Lattimore is like, like he's still like the phantom reach and the ball isn't even there. I mean, what the heck was that? He's like it's reaching a for the ball. very unique art, art to that, Robbie. They're, that's a difficult position to play. You know, you got to have almost four eyes to play that position. It's really difficult. I played that position, as a matter of fact. And oh, that was, really it was okay. very tough. I, I was about 130 pounds soaking wet in wow. high school when I played that played that position but and uh, by the way i'm going to run so i want you you guys to take other calls but you know today's election day in new york big day in new york yep. and uh and, you know all virginia place, too new jersey also massachusetts you know, too, if, yeah. if, when people don't go out to the polls they tend to complain anyway right. hey if you don't vote folks you know don't complain i don't want to hear a peep out of you when your candidate doesn't win because you got to get out there one day you know in years just get out there and vote today Hey, Ralph, and by can the way, I, can listen I... to my show tonight, guys, uh, 8 p.m. WPAT, 9.30 a.m. .com, and I always appreciate the time. I oh, really no pro- oh, thanks, Ralph. Hey, we love Ralph, you, man. Ralph, yeah. before you run, can I just say one yeah. thing? I'm, yeah. I'm not going to talk about who, who, who my candidates are, what party I vote for or anything, but last election in, in 2020, I stood out on the street with, streets, with, uh, with signs for different candidates, you know? Right. And I vote for every election, whether it's town a state nationwide. I vote for every election. Me too. So thank you. For I, I 100% me today. agree with that, Ralph. That's a great point. Well, I, I get, you know, I give you credit, Sean. It just takes a little uh, a commitment on anybody's part. And you know, the the um, the mail-in vote is all well and good, but you know, there, there has to be one day set aside when you make a commitment and you get in your car and you wherever, however you have to get there, and you get to the polls. That's the that's the true American. Without sounding so so mushy, but this is the true American way to do things. I totally get to the agree. Polls and uh, 
you know, vote for your candidate. I don't care who it is, but just do your do your duty. That's all. Let's go, I Brandon. It, guys. I'll, I'll listen to the rest of the show. Thanks, Ralph. Yeah, we'll, t- oh, we'll try to tune in today. Yeah, Cindy's, uh, Cindy's an avid sports fan now. She can't <laughs> tear herself away from the radio. No kidding. It must be my voice, I guess. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Wait, you're Take the guy with the voice. Hey, Ralph, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, right. Ralph. You got it, pal. Okay, bye. Always good to talk to Ralph. Oh, yeah, definitely. He does an awesome show, and he plays really good music, too, and stuff. but there's always really good topics on his show. So I like how we veered off for a second about voting, because he's 100% right. Get out and vote. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't vote, you have no right to complain. Yeah, I'm definitely voting. It's right down the street for me today, so I will stop at the what's polls. The, what's the vote for today? Oh, God, there's all kinds of local stuff, like Is the there? councilman and, and, and like, uh, yeah, just a whole bunch of I wonder uh, if it's mayor, going on. mayor and so forth. Yeah, I don't know I if it's so. going on in West Stockbridge or not, but if it is, I'm going to go oh, check yeah, it absolutely. out. So. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and there's uh, the closest polling place to you. I don't know where it is, but I mean. It's the West Stockbridge Town Hall. Oh, okay. So, okay. So that's I, where I'm, that's where I'm that registered, well. so, yeah. I, I know yeah. that well going Going to uh, camp as a kid in West Stockbridge, that's what your parents do when they schlep you uh, up to camp in the 70s. That's what they yes. did. That's right. <laughs> that's what Jewish parents do. You know, all my friends that you know, were Italian, they work for their fathers. I couldn't do root, root canal for my father, so they schlepped me up to camp. So that's, <laughs> so that's is, 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 is Charlie Morton not the, the biggest uh, bulldog on the streets these days? He, he gets hit in the leg by a line drive and faces the next three batters with a broken leg. I mean, that, that was just unbelievable. And then he just, you know, it, it, it sucked to see him go down, you know, just holding his leg because the inflammation got too bad. But I couldn't believe that. And I like Charlie Morton a lot. Me, oh, me too. Absolutely. I would love, love to see him come to the Yankees. But, you know, he's a... He's Same a guy, with me in the Red Sox. He's a, southern, I wanted him. he's a southern boy from Florida, so he wanted to be close to home. He but, wanted to pitch close to home. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. It's, it's, it's just unbelievable with the baseball. I mean, first of all, I mean, Snicker drives me crazy. The guy takes a guy out. First of all, the guy, was it Lee or I can't, I think, pitching Dylan Lee, I think his name is, was the guy who started the other night, who's, you know, a rookie guy who shouldn't have even been starting. And the thing is, they take him out of the game in the first inning. It's the first inning. And within three innings, there's already three pitchers already used, or four pitchers used. Opener. Opener. The opener. I mean, stupid. It's three, yeah, three pitchers in four innings. I mean, and then Minter's in the game. It's like, these are not relief pitchers. These are what I call substitute pitchers now. These are substitute pitchers. I mean, years ago, when I was a kid, you brought a relief pitcher in for two reasons. One, if the guy stinks, and two, if the guy was, you know, famished, if he was finally done for the night. I mean, it's so bad. I don't even know who half these guys are. You don't even know who half the players are in the lineups. You, don't, you can't even name a starting five. I remember when I was a kid, I could name everybody on the team from one to nine, everybody where their position was and where they were playing. And 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 in the batting order, now you have forty million batting orders. You have, uh, you know load management. You have to sit this guy down, sit that guy down. That's why I love the NHL. That's why I love hockey. These guys don't have load management. These guys play with broken limbs. Get them on. You know they're like my shoulder, like the old George Carlin. But my shoulder's bad. You snap it right in here. You know, gotta get, get four but, teeth knocked out. Yeah, He's exactly. right back get up there. Right Rub exactly. some dirt on it, kid. That used to be the term they'd use. You know, not anymore. I mean, By the way, speaking of yeah. speaking of baseball, this this is just real quick. We don't have to talk much about this, but did you see that the Padres? Snagged Bob Melvin away from the, did. from the from the uh, A's. Nice guy. He's going to see a, 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 a guy that can now manage a high payroll team because nice, he was fan- right. he was fantastic with that whole money ball nonsense, and now he's going to have a, a, a team that actually spends money. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how he does. Three years. I'm surprised that that uh, Billy Bean let him go. Get, you know, let him get interviewed. I was shocked by that. 
What? I, th- I think he wanted to get out of there. I mean, at least he, I think he did because he, he wanted to go to a more contending team. And I, I talked to Bob Melvin one time on Ed, Ed Randall's Talking Baseball, real nice guy, and we had a little conversation about about uh, anal- was it about analytics? Possibly could have been perennial manager of the year <laughs> candidate, though. I mean, they win ninety games every year, and you can't. And like you said, you don't know who half the guys are on the team. Yeah, it's it's, it's unbelievable. ridiculous. I mean, again, the pitching changes one after the other, after the other, after the other. And, and you know what? I mean, let's give Houston some credit for winning a game they needed to win. And it's going to be interesting tonight because Max Fried hasn't done particularly well right now uh, in the postseason. He's not a bad pitcher, but I, I heard him interviewed this morning. He's all psyched and pumped up. He said, hey, this is game six of the World Series. Why not give him the ball? Well, he'll pitch the first two outs of the first inning, and then they'll pull him, right? As yeah. you were saying. I mean, yeah. I mean. I even mean, Dusty uh, Baker has even gone analytical in this series. It's, and he used to be, it's like I was talking to my father about. Dusty yeah, Baker yeah. was one of my favorite managers of the old school style, but he's gone analytical. It's. It's so ridiculous. It, it's upstairs. Up- it's everybody from upstairs has taken over this. You know, it's, it, the managers aren't making the calls anymore. In my opinion, no. it's like they're, they're, the general manager's calling down, going, "All right, time to pull this guy." It's ridiculous. I mean, like, I mean, I go back to 1991 to the World Series with Tom Glavin and, and Jack Morris. Morris pitched ten innings in that game, and Glavin pitched nine in a one nothing game in which the Minnesota Twins had a walk off win in this game seven to win the World Series. I mean, you don't see this anymore. I used to look forward to pitching matchups. It's it's ridiculous the amount of pitchers they're using per game. What do they think? You know, the law of averages says, okay, if I use nine pitchers in a game, one guy's not going to pitch particularly well. Maybe two guys aren't going to pitch well. So how do you know every time you bring a guy in that he's going to be effective? It's ridiculous. Could you imagine Robert Kraft calling down to Belichick and telling him to take out and Belichick would be like, uh, that's not how I do things around here. Um, I'm going to play the guys that I want to play. And uh, I'm not going to play the guys that I uh, don't want to play. Your Belichick is right on, man. I have to, I, do, I have even, to do it every week. I'm not I have even going to attempt to do it. I do enough voices. I do enough. I, almost 100 different impersonations. I'm not even going to attempt to do attempt to do the, the Belichick impersonations. You got it down and, like, and, you know, uh, Pat. And uh, you keep telling me what to do. Uh, I shop for the groceries, so I'm going to use the groceries the way I mean, that I it's, appreciate. It's, so. it's just ridiculous. It is. And, and I'm sick. And this is what I'm really sick and tired. I mean, we talked about this a million times. But it's not only the shift. It's like, do I have to see the CG of who's playing there? I know. I know that Gurriel's playing first. I know that Correa's playing short. I know Atuve's playing second. I know that Bregman's playing third. You don't have to keep telling me. I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't have a you know a CG telling me that Roy White's playing in the outfield, you know, and that you know Mickey Rivers is playing you know center field, you know, and that Reggie's playing right uh, left uh, right field. It's just ridiculous. I must have heard Dave O'Brien one hundred and sixty thousand times this year because there's one hundred and sixty-two games that Hunter Renfro is in right field. You know, Bobby Dahlbeck's playing third base. I, I totally understand. It's 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 annoying. It's like we get it. Tell us once. We know. We know who's out there. I was listening to a show the other night, and I called up uh, one of the stations, and I was talking about, they were asking me, oh, it was, um, it was Pete Hoffman who produces uh, Moose's show in the morning, and Pete and I were talking, and I said, Pete, if you want to turn this game around, if you want to turn baseball back and let young people watch it, bring back speed, but you got to do one thing, just get rid of analytics, get rid of it, get rid of the departments, get rid of the ridiculous you know, algorithmic nonsense. To this game, go back to a bat, a ball, and a glove. Go back to spontaneity. Go back to extemporaneous play. I test. I mean, I told you. I told you. If Ozzie Smith was playing this way, tell Tommy Her, get the hell on the other side of the bag. I got it covered, pal. I mean, isn't it great to watch great fielding? Who wants to see a ball go directly in the outfield to the second baseman who's not supposed to play in the outfield anyway because he's a second baseman? (laughs) A second baseman (laughs) plays at second base. Why do we do this? I'll tell you what. They said said that Brian Cashman has about a 20-person team of all analytical 
guys, and they all they do is sit around all day and look up. Oh, we can get this guy, and we can bring him in here because, like, oh yeah, how'd that work out with Rugnad Odor? You know, how'd that work out with, you know, Anthony Rizzo? I thought, you know, Joey Gallo. I mean, it's oh my god, please. And you got him for another year, and and Rizzo said he wants to re-sign with the Yankees, and he wants to make twenty three, twenty four million dollars a year. So, good luck with that one. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they might not even pass it up. They might let LeMayu play first base. I don't really know. Hey, we got another call. Let's go. Let's go, man. We got some calls here. Oh, oh, man, these guys are unbelievable. We got a busy signal. Got some slow people with no patience calling in today. People have no patience, man. That's crazy. People have zero patience. Anyway, 413-445-4234. Can I just take a quick second? Yeah, go ahead. Of course. Condolences to the Remy family. Oh, jeez, we were going to talk about yeah. Jerry Remy was was my favorite. You know, he's been in my house since I was a kid, you know, and and my father used to get us the the box on... uh, uh, I don't know what the cable company was back then. Time Warner, what's it, Spectrum now? I think it's, it's yeah, Spectrum, Spectrum now, but now, yeah. we used to have to get the box uh, every baseball season to spend an extra $15 a month for Nesson. But Jerry Remy was my favorite, and to see him go out and throw the first pitch to Eckersley in the wild card game, it brought tears to my eyes. That was moving, very and, moving. And then when I heard he passed away, I just went, oh, man. And so yeah. many people have, have like, texted me going, Remy, Remy, yeah. even you, you texted me, and you're like, it's, you know, he was a great guy and all that. So that's, I just wanted to give a little mention Absolutely. to that because he was, he was the best. And and the worst thing that Nesson never did was was break up Orsillo and Remy because they were just the best. It, well, I'm a little biased, obviously, but I thought they were the best. And Orsillo started his career in Pittsfield. He was a Mets Pittsfield Mets announcer. Yeah, Don is so a great he, announcer. Yeah. And now he's with the Padres. And and you know I watch MLB Network when the Padres games are on just so I can listen to Don Orsillo. He's great. So I will forever miss Jerry Remy. He was just. It, 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 I, I did. I did shed a couple tears, oh, you know, when I heard I, that, and I shed some tears when I, like I said, when I saw him throw the first pitch. He had the oxygen tank on, yep, and that yep. was. But that was what a way to say goodbye, as 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 Rem as the Rem dog would yeah. do, you know. That was so. so moving. I mean, I watched it. You know me, I'm a Yankee fan, but I, I saw Jerry play, and Jerry played hard. Jerry played. Jerry played like Petey played. Jerry played hard. He was a good hitter. You know, not a great hitter, but he was a good fielder. He was just a solid player. And uh, for the Red Sox teams in the '70s, that you know came close but never won. But they were they were very good teams on that on that. Uh, uh, the, the 78 team, the 77 team, those were good teams um, through those years, except the Yankees were better. Um, when the Yankees had a lot more speed at the top of the lineup. But, I mean, gotta yeah, bring up the Yankees are better. Of course you yeah. gotta go there, Rob. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, I know. But, Ram, <laughs> but, but it's yeah. okay. But, but his fight, his fight uh, you know, was just uh, he, for so many years and just the fight against cancer and the st- fact that he was still doing games in the booth and everything like that, yeah. That was his love. He yeah, loved it. Absolutely. He loved being there, and yeah. he was fantastic at it. You couldn't, yeah. you know, right before he left this season, you had no clue he was sick because he just his, yeah. just seeing the first pitch thrown every game for him, he was just, right. it was in his happy and place. And everything about dealing with his son and his situation, I mean, it was just... And Eckersley, yeah. you know, as he's he's taken over Remy's spot, you know, he he's like, that seat will never be sat in again. He goes, I'm not sitting there. He goes, that's the Rem dog seat, you know, so... It's uh, he was an icon. He was a legend, a Boston legend. Yep, absolutely. he really was. So yep. that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Oh no, to... absolutely. In fact, Thank I wrote you. that down yeah. about Jerry Remy about talking about him. In fact, we I think we mentioned that before we got on the air. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, uh, may he rest in peace and this, uh, my condolences to his whole family. So, 
413-445-4234. Number to call right here. we got about 10 minutes left on WTBR Sports Talk. Sean Cronin and uh, yours truly, Robbie Zucker, right here in 89.7 FM. We're just going to take this time out for a couple messages, and then uh, we'll be back uh, with more of uh, WTBR Sports Talk and finish up maybe talking about a little hoops and some other stuff. So uh, stay with us. you like hard rock and heavy metal music? Oh, yeah! Well, then join me here Friday nights from 8 to 10 for Wounded Radio. Every Friday night, I play two hours of the best music on the planet, from ACDC to ZZ Top and everything in between. This is going to be cool. Want to hear a song on Wounded Radio? Request it on the Wounded Radio Facebook page. And join me here Friday nights at 8 for Wounded Radio. Yeah! Larry Kreptor here from Nothing But Old 45s inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music ever recorded like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Hey, this is Chief Wynn with the Pittsfield Police Department and Lieutenant Gary Traversa. Hey, Gary. Hey, Chief. We just want to remind all of our listeners and viewers to tune in every Friday for On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, and also on Pittsfield Community Television. Right, Gary? Don't miss Friday mornings, 9 a.m. on WTBR FM. All the happenings at the Pittsfield Police Department. On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, 89.7 WTBRFM Pittsfield. Vessel send shockwaves around the world. Okay, alrighty, let's play some tunes. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk at about about eight minutes left in our program. And uh, I just wanted to mention, you know, you're not a big hockey guy, but my Rangers are off to a 6-1-1 start, but it's kind of a smokescreen because uh, Igor Shesterkin has been unbelievable for the Rangers. He's been standing on his head. But one of these days, you got to come over for a Bruins game. So we'll, we'll hang on and watch. And, uh, You'll have to educate me on some hockey. Okay, I, just, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of it's this. All right, so. It's all right. Well, I wanted to mention the Knicks last night blowing a huge lead, uh, I think 15 at the half to uh, – to the Toronto Raptors. They, for some reason, the Knicks play better on the road. And the Celtics, i got to ask you, is it time for Danny Ainge to go? I what forgot, song were we I, talking I, about? I forgot all about it. Danny Ainge is gone. Is he gone? That's He's right. Gone. Brad Stevens well, Brad got promoted Stevens, to president. Right. I right. forgot okay. all yeah. about that. Right, but right. it's it's time for Brad Stevens to go, too. Yeah. And we're already off to a terrible start. And, you know, last night, uh, Marcus Smart, after the game, says, uh, you know, the two best players, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, they, they need to pass more. Do you know how many assists Marcus Smart had last night? Zero. Zero, right? Zero? Zero. Zero. But, I mean, he's, but he's complaining that they need to pass more. Really? It's so typical of it's, the NBA. It's and they, so and they typical lo- of the they NBA. lose by 14 points. It was just a 128 to 114. I mean, that's it's just jack up three after three after three after three. I I got to tell you, Rob, I have not watched one minute of one Celtics game this year. I can't. It's it, it's I just, unwatchable. I can't, I can't to me. watch it. It's interesting too, because you're a lot younger than I am, and I watched basketball in its heyday when it was just great, and there was such a difference in the game. But I mean. 
the three-pointer, like I talked about this with Ralph about a week ago or two weeks ago, about how much the three-pointer has ruined the game for me. It's not so much the three-pointer. It's when you take the three-pointers. It's like, you know, in the old ABA, when I used to go to Long Island to watch the Nets and they actually won the NBA, ABA championship in 1976. Boy, I'm, I'm really showing my age. Um, you know, those guys took a three-pointer once in a while when it was needed as a weapon. Now it's just like, it's all analytics. It's all mathematic wealth. You know, if we can hit more three-pointers than you do, we're going to win. Well, they all think they're the Harlem Globe. Now. Exactly right. It, it's it's awful. It's this Melark Lemon and Twiggy Sanders and uh, you know and Keith uh, Osby and Marcus Haynes. I used to love watching the Globe Trotters. I used to go all the time when they used to come around my town. I used to go to the garden or I'd go to the you know to you know locally to uh, to White Plains to you know to, to uh, all these different places to go see the the Globe Trotters play and it was so much fun and, and I, I'd rather watch the Globe Trotters than watch the NBA quite frankly. I think I saw the Al Horford shot nine three pointers last night. What's the point of that? Al Horford. He should not be shooting three-pointers. Why is Al Horford shooting three-pointers? A guy should play down low with his back to the basket. Why is Al Horford still playing basketball? The guy's a statue. <laughs> I mean, he can't He can't move. And you know, when they when they traded for him, I went, you have to be kidding me. They're in love with Al Horford. The, they the love Celtics. him. Yeah, they brought him back right again. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, you know, his third, was it it's the second time around? Second time. He's yeah. making like $30 million. It's, 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 <sighs> The salaries in the NBA are just ridiculous. insane. And the cap is a bunch of crap. Let's be honest. You know, in the NHL, there's a real cap. The NHL has a real cap that you have to be extremely careful, and you really have to decide what you want to do as a general manager. There's such a small budget in the NHL. In the NBA, it's garbage. I mean, you have basically six guys that play, and the salaries are just ridiculous. It's a BS cap. Let's be honest. It's not a real salary cap. It's not. A, if there was a real salary cap, you wouldn't have all these also-ran teams every year, like Sacramento and all these teams that finish at the bottom of the barrel, like five wins on a season. I mean, if but then you, you look, have the, but then you have these super teams. Right. It's that's and it and it's manipulative. You know, and it's, I want to play with my buddy. It's garbage. I want to play with my buddy. Let's go to the same like you know the same crap with the Nets. Now Kyrie Irving still hasn't come back to the Nets. I couldn't care less. Kyrie he Irving. Oh, he's, a, he's, I got words to say about a, him. I'm not going to say yeah, on the radio. He is, a, yeah, <laughs> he is a microcosm of why I can't stand the National Basketball Association. He is a, a pure reason why I can't stand it. It's like such self selfishness. First of all, not taking the vaccine is completely idiotic. And then you know screwing all your teammates and saying, well, you know, I don't want to play because of this. I want to stand up for everybody's rights. How about be a man and actually be a team guy and go back to your team and help them win? Again, I'll say this about the vaccine. That, you know, that's that's his choice. But, like, last year, would he take 10 days off because he wanted to just take some personal time? He just decides to disappear. The guy's a clown. And he still thinks the earth is flat, which I'd like to go <laughs> shove him off the edge of the flat earth. You know, I just think the guy's a total but, clown. But what is wrong with getting this vaccine? Why are people so afraid of this? What are they afraid of? What are they afraid of, honestly? I can understand if you have you know, serious health problems and issues and your doctor says, listen, this particular vaccine is not going to be good for you, so you have to be extra careful when you go out, wear your mask, da, 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 protect yourself. But I don't get it. I mean, I just got a flu shot. If it's to protect you, look, I had COVID. That vaccine kept me from dying, okay? Let's be honest. Okay? I got, okay? We're I getting got, very I got sick, the, okay? I got the vaccine. Yeah, I got it. I understand. But you know, I just, so, so, but I just still think it's a person's choice. You know, I'm not, I just, saying, I'm not saying it's not a choice, but it's just almost ridiculous to think that somebody would rather get this. It just blows my mind. It really does blow my mind in so I, many I, ways. I, I got it because I, I have a social life. Well, you know, and I go out a lot oh, so to different places, one. and I don't want to get my father sick, and that's the main reason I got it. You know, to, because he, of course, you know, he's he's you know, sixty five years old, and 
you know, and I, I just I would feel terrible if I got COVID and then gave him COVID. So that was the main reason behind me getting the shot. But anyway. Well, yeah, but you did the right thing. That's the idea is to do the right thing. But all right, so predictions for the World Series tonight. Braves wrap it up. Houston wins. Uh, what do you think? We're going game seven. You think so? I think so. I think I think we're going with game seven, too. I think, I think Houston. You know what's interesting about Houston? Every time they get on a roll and they start to hit, then they start to hit more and more and more. Because they were stagnant for a couple games. Where there was like, what, 2 nothing. you know, a couple games. Where they couldn't hit. Like, they couldn't hit. And now, now they're home. They're going to have their home crowd behind them. And you got the, what are those boxes? The Crawford boxes up there in left field at the little short porch. So I see Houston winning tonight. How bad it would be to see the, the, the Astros win the series in Korea and in, in, in the El Tube. I think it would. Bragman are running around, jumping around, spraying champagne. And I'm sitting there going, man, I can't believe these guys won again. I think it would be great if uh, the Braves win the World Series because they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta because of certain reasons. Right. And if the Braves win the World Series, they can just go shove it, Major League Baseball, because uh, here we are. We we just had three World Series games at home, so yep. it'd be great. It'd be great if the Braves yeah. win. I'm all Braves. Could all you, Braves. Could you believe this hour went fast already? Amazing. Anyway, thanks to Ralph done. and wow. thanks to Jimmy and our callers. And uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, we'll see you next week, next Tuesday. As always, stay well and go out and vote, okay, folks? Right here on WTBR Sports Talk. We'll see you next week. Everybody take care and Stay well, all right? And go ahead and get vaccinated if you haven't. But Stevens needs to go. See you next week. <laughs>